guys, welcome along to episode 161 of Blind Guy Talks Tech for Thursday, the 21st of July, 2022. And it's time for a coffee and an inbox that's full of emails. You're listening to Blind Guy Talks Tech, your daily accessible tech podcast. Now, here's that blind guy himself, Stephen Scott. I'm near the end of the week, and we've got Sean Priest back with us. Hello, Sean Priest. Hello, Stephen Scott. A coffee in an inbox. I like that. A coffee in an inbox. That's, you know, that's probably the way, way most people spend their day. Yeah, so <laughs> first thing it. in the morning, having your, well, in my case, cup of tea and going through your emails and... Uh, yeah, what? God, we're weird people, aren't we now? It's in society strange what we do. I honestly think the world is falling to bits. I mean, you know, I, I, I know that might sound a bit harsh or a bit drastic, but let's yes. be honest, it just is. No, I don't think it's falling to bits. I just think it's changed. It's strange. No, but it, it, I tell you, it has changed, right? And I, yes, whether it's I agree. a good way or not, I don't know. But I mean, I think, I mean, look, I don't work in an office anymore, but I know even the office I used to work in is not anything like it used to be, right? Because People are working from home more. They are spending more time in, at home rather than the office. They're working different and it's shifts. beautiful. Gorgeous. I, I don't know. I, You know, it's funny, right? I was the kind of person, I grew, and anybody who knows me of, of old RNIB Connect Radio, hi guys, they will know how grumpy I am mm-hmm. as a human being. Yes. And I used to rail about the whole office thing sometimes. Like, oh, five days a week in this place and blah, blah, blah. Do you know, I actually genuinely miss it. And the thing is, not only do I miss it, I miss it because it seems that when I left, it completely imploded. Not the radio station, I mean, but the, <laughs> the, the whole working from home thing started. The whole office environment, not just at, at RNIB, but everywhere, yeah. has just imploded. It's, it's not the same. So that kind of going in there, the camaraderie, the, the friendships, the, you know, let's all go out for lunch or, you know, flirting. stuff that we used to do. I know. There's no flirting in that office. How dare um, you? Yeah, exactly. No one flirted with me. <laughs> Um, but no, seriously, I mean, I, I did, I, I, I'd say the best time, I always remember, this is me getting all emotional and, you know, reminiscence of, uh, of working at RNIB, but we had a, a cafe in the building at the time, uh, uh, actually maybe maybe four, I can't remember how many years ago now, six years ago, seven years ago now. Nobody cares, uh, had, it's fine. Doesn't matter. Had, a while yeah, exactly, ago, nobody cares. Um, but we had a cafe in the building and it was the best thing ever. I remember thinking at the time, this is the worst thing ever because I'm just going to spend my life in here and a lot of money. <laughs> yes. But, you know, there's something about it. And I kind of feel sad for those businesses that have kind of lost a lot of that. And they've lost that kind of camaraderie stuff. And so even if I did go back to work in an office, it just wouldn't be like that anymore. So I'm sad, Sean. I'm sad today. There you go. Another sad tale from Stephen Scott. Wow, what, a, what a lovely day to start your day. Thank you. Keep listening. <laughs> wow. Uh, I was, was just saying things there. have changed. It used to be, you know, everyone was reading magazines and newspapers on the uh, on the right, train, and, and now now it's not. I've re- you know what? Sometimes I do miss magazines. You know, well, I, I'm I, just I, reading I, them. I was being able to read them. Yeah, oh, PC gamer, PC format, Edge stuff. I used to T3. get Edge T three with the. Yeah. I mean, the covers were so thick, and the CDs. Glue to the front. Ah, playing your latest yeah, that's demos. Right. I used to get that's... Mac format. I used yeah. to. Well, I couldn't afford. I couldn't afford them all, so I would get either Mac format. What was the one I didn't buy? Oh, was it Mac? <laughs> wasn't Mac format? There was another one. Mac World, I think it was. I never Mac bought World, Mac World. Yes, that was a bit businessy. It was. Yeah, it, it felt a bit kind of highbrow. So yeah. I went for yeah, the other yeah. one, Mac format, and yeah. you would have like a CD, or even if you go back far enough, a disc, Oof, a floppy dear. disc. 
yeah. kind of had utilities on there. Oh, life was great in the past, wasn't it? It's still there. I just subscribed to uh, the Apple News app because if you're a, a, a bank with Barclays, they give you some free um, Apple services, mm. by the way. Check out the Barclays app. Uh, so I got uh, five months free or something. And I was looking through the magazines, you know, computer active. Uh, that was one of the last yeah. the last magazines I used to get because uh, before I couldn't see them anymore. Um, but there's so many on there. Um, some of them are accessible. Sadly, some of them aren't. Um, yeah, I kind of miss magazines. Yeah, I know what you mean. I used to have. Um, I used to love Computer Shopper. Was that was that the one I'm thinking of? It was yes, like a really that, thick oh, one. That was a thick one, full of adverts. Yes. And actually, that was the first time I ever saw adverts for. If you remember, you might not remember this. The UMAX computers. They were the what did they call Hackintosh? Yes. No, it was UMAX. It was U M A X. UMAX was the brand. Oh, ah, right. And they sold uh, Hackintoshes. Yes, so yes, yes. beige towers that ran, and they were they were a lot. I mean, I say they were a lot cheaper. They weren't that much cheaper than Max, but they were cheaper. Yeah, and they were. I mean, you know, I'd never had one, but I used to read people. And I think you know, that would that probably was illegal at the time because you couldn't. Oh, it definitely I don't think was. You've ever been able to do that? Yes, Apple did shut that down and will shut that down. They're still trying to do that. There's companies all over trying to uh, sell Hackintoshes, but they don't last long. No, I, I've never. I mean, it's funny actually. Can you think about it? How you can put Windows on a Mac? <laughs> Don't even think about putting a Mac on a on a Windows PC. Well, when when Macs turned to the Intel processor, of course, there was a lot of you know switchover, crossover mm. because you're using drivers now, Windows uh, well drivers that were built for Intel. So um, yeah, people could really get into it then. But hey, Apple Silicon now those days are gone. <sighs> Memories. <sighs> okay, let's get into emails, shall we? Uh, Tracy writes in. My mind. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> Beautiful. Carry on. Uh, Tracy writes, hello, Stephen, Robin, Sally, Sean, and Tim. No, <laughs> well, that covers it. Um, I don't expect you to read this, Stephen. Oh, well, fine. Uh, she says it might be a little long. Sorry. Uh, I live in Tasmania in Australia, and I don't have anything to do with other cool. blind people. Uh, yeah, except, well, not at the moment, I imagine. Um, anything, I don't have anything to do with other blind people except a friend of mine who's visually impaired. Our local visibility, as it is called, doesn't offer much for us to get together. We only have orientation and mobility, and some tech, no other activities, and it's always been that way. I became totally blind at 16 uh, due to a retina detachment. When I went to school, I could see a little, uh, but then within minutes, nothing. Wow. After having my two eyes removed due to pain, uh, one the following year, the other at 21, I experienced something that no one has been able to explain until your 100th episode. Oh, okay. I obviously can't see at all, but it's like I can, in a way, as everything I look at has an image. Even though I know it doesn't look the same as I picture it, it's weird. If someone tells me it's a red car and later tells me it's green, then it's always red in my mind, no matter what. I don't understand it at all, but to be honest, I'm glad of it. I always wanted to bring up uh, that, uh, if it's okay, that I'm divorced and 49 years old, but you can bring that up if you like, if you email. Um, <laughs> but she says, uh, for the last two years, I've been online dating. Tracy says, I had a sighted husband and have two sighted grown-up girls. Online dating has, for the first time, really impacted how I feel about being blind. I am not confident and get anxious going out, as I've had a lot of bad experiences now, so only go out with sighted people. Other than that, I'm fine. I have learned that people online will say horrible things and can be cruel because there are no consequences for their actions on the other end of a screen. I have never really felt not normal as uh, you guys would agree. 
We are normal, we just can't see. This experience, though, has been so negative. But to find someone, I put up with it all. I guess I'm saying people don't worry enough about what they say online. And I do believe some people anyway wouldn't say the same things in person where others could hear, but online where it is just two people is different. Please keep up the conversations you have as it makes me at least feel not alone in my thinking. I don't think we should have disability pride, but rather find a way to inform the general public we are no different to them. We need to be inclusive of everyone, but we know the world doesn't work like that. Thank you all. I love listening to you and the topics that you bring up. Tracy. Ah, oh, Tasmanian Tracy, the little devil. Thank you. That's, that's <laughs> really good. Um, oh, well, okay. So what do you want to tackle in that lot? Well, you know, it's, it's interesting. I, I guess what you're talking about there, Tracy, with the seeing, you know, a red car and it's a green car or, you know, that kind of thing. That's, that is definitely to do with vision loss. I mean, there's no doubt in that when you, when you go through that process of losing vision, you went, your vision went very quickly though. Um, but there's probably still things in your head that's sticking and there'll be a lot of memories in your mind. You know, if, if you were to draw, if you were able to draw an exact, you know, image of what is in your head, it would be something just tied to your past. You know, a, a car would look the way it looked when you last saw it. In the versus, 80s, yes. Yeah, exactly. You know, so, anyway, yeah. Yeah. And in Australia, that's probably exactly the same as it looks today. So you're probably not missing much. <gasps> How um, dare you, sir? What about <laughs> online dating? I mean, that's so toxic anyway, in my mind, uh, let alone when you bring disability into it and the, uh, you know, the, the, how, how cruel people can be or how insensitive people can be. I'm not sure if I could put up with that. But then we've also got the sighted partner or visually impaired partner do you go with someone who can understand exactly what you're going through how you feel with anxiety and tension and all that jazz or do you go for um you know do you say i'm actually i'm going to set out not to go with someone with a visual impairment and actually go for a sighted partner i don't know i'll i'll be honest and and my wife knows this so i can say this Uh oh i when i was young and we my wife and I went to school together so we knew each other and we we talked a lot about different things and funnily enough I, I can't I can't honestly remember what she said in this I must ask her this question actually but I remember saying being and being quite you know strict about it I was I remember as a kid I was very sure of things you know I was like you know yeah absolutely wouldn't well, I remember saying to myself was I will never have a credit card <laughs> that didn't last long yeah um but I also remember saying I will never marry someone who's blind I want someone who's sighted I always remember saying that. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know where that came from. I don't know if it was a family thing. Maybe my family were pushing that a little bit, where it was like, you know, you don't want to be with someone who's disabled. Um, although, ironically, I was disabled. I mean, it makes sense of that, right? But yep. it was almost like somebody would have to be the carer and that is the job exactly of the sighted right. That's person. That's what the family and, are thinking, right? Someone yeah. to look after you. And it's just, it's so, and, and you know, in the end, it made no odds because the, the person I fell in love with was was visually impaired. Oh, had, had the nothing. heart wants what the heart wants, yeah. Stephen Scott. I'd look, I think it comes down to, for most of us, the formative years, you know, college or whatever you're doing, early work. And if you're in that environment with other visually impaired people, the chances are you're going to fall in love with someone else who's visually impaired, right? Because that's who you're mixing with socially. But uh, I think this is the problem with online dating, right? Because this is the thing I really don't like about it. And I know it's the way of doing things these days. And there's a lot of people who will, you know, the very idea that kids growing up today you know, and not even kids, I mean, young adults who will be going out and dating who would have absolutely no concept of meeting someone in a club or, you know, going out to a pub and meeting someone. It's all online. It's, it's almost, mm-hmm. dare I say it, transactional. <gasps> 
Well, it is. It's a little it's bit always transactional. Been the case, right? I, I, I yes, yeah, this meeting true, in yeah. a pub, meeting in a club thing. How many people actually did that? I think the vast majority of people met, as I said, in in forced social yeah, settings, in such as workplaces yeah. or college, That's university. That's where most of our sort of long term relationships are formed, anyway. So. Yeah. But that's different, right? Because, you know, if you're going onto an app, and this is what kind of confuses me about these things. I've never, thankfully, never had to do it. And I, I don't even think I would. I said to my wife, if anything ever happened between us, I would just stay single for the rest of my life. Oh. Because I couldn't bear the thought of you. Oh. I mean, oh, I couldn't uh, deal yeah. with the app. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, I couldn't. I, I genuinely couldn't No one be else bothered. could live up to you, babe. Is that what well, you said? Exactly. That's that made me a sandwich. Oh, you're such a sexist, Stephen <laughs> wow. Scott. Wow. You're a disgrace. <laughs> Yeah, you make me a sandwich, please. Um, but no, I mean, I, I can't imagine it because it, the thing is, you, you're kind of working off a tick list, aren't you? It's like you're saying, well, here's what I want. It's like a, a wedding list, you know, you've got to decide mm-hmm. what you want and then, you know, see who you know lives up to it. And I just, I think that's just a weird way. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a generational thing because it's not something I would ever do or have done. Um, that's just but, too awkward, especially as a blind person. I couldn't do it. I could never... Yeah, I, I and don't how know. many of these apps are accessible, right? Yeah, yeah, well, exactly. I mean, I'm thinking just places like Clubhouse or or Varel. You know, the, the sort of audio only social media is, is more of a dating thing than dating apps themselves. I don't know. It always seems so predatory. I know you said about transactional, and um, like you know, you could, it could be argued that all oh, dating the dating scene in general is transactional, but. Um, there's something slightly predatory about online dating. There's always, you never know who you're talking to, do you? That's the thing. Well, yeah, until you find out, right? And mm. go one or two ways. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I just, I It is difficult know. though, especially, you know, not knowing anyone else who's visually impaired in, in your community there, Tracy. I don't know how, you know, how remote Well, this is, this is, is the thing, right? So Tracy's telling us here, right? She's saying this is not a good experience. And, you know, Tracy, if you ever want to, to tell us more about this, because I'm intrigued to know what you, you mean by that. And you, don't, you do not have to do that. But I just wonder, you know, what are we talking about here? I mean, obviously, there's the you know, accessibility of the apps, right? That's one thing. But I'm guessing from the tone here that you're talking about the people you're meeting, the reactions you're getting, the, the, the attitude of people, you know, what they think once they find out you're visually impaired. And how are you approaching that? Are you telling people first? Are you up front in your profile? Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, I, I, again, that could be, see, the thing is, I think that's one of those things, isn't it? You know, decent, honest people will say, well, if I put it in my profile, then people know I'm blind. So that's it. Right. Um, and then, you know, they, they can kind of get that out of their system. They know it's, that this is the case. But then I think the problem with that world is because it's online, people can be cruel and they'll almost start kind of almost like asking questions and just because they want to, you know, nosy up on what who you are and your story, they're not interested in you. They're just interested in, you know, finding out a little bit about you so they can either laugh at you behind your back or whatever. I, I just, it's just a horrible world. It does. I mean, but are we being too paranoid or are we, I, I, you know what, I don't think so. It's the age old story though, no matter what, what we're talking about, dating, employment, whatever it is, is do you come up front and say, hey, I've got the disability, and in which case you're usually dismissed before they give you a chance of showing what you can do or what sort of person you are. Or do you let people know you first and then say, by the way, I'm disabled, which kind of seems dishonest, and why should you have to hide it? Yeah, It's um, yeah, an age-old uh, question, I think. 
Tracy, thanks for the email. I'm sorry it's not going well, but do let us know how you go. I, I'm hopeful that, well, I say hopeful, I, mean, I know, but let's let's hope, shall we say, that you do finally meet someone who does who treats you well the way you're supposed to be. Um, yeah. God I, bless you. You're like that there, Simon go. Bates. You're gorgeous. Well done, you. Well, you know, everybody deserves a bit of love in their life, right? They do, and, and more than that, even if it's just friendship, right? You can meet people exactly. that way. It's, uh, it is very important. Um... Rebecca, my city agrees, it would appear. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I need to change that <laughs> shortcut on my computer. I don't know why it does that. It's so annoying. It's a dictation <sighs> shortcut, and I kind of like it, but then I forget that it's doing it. And Is it, it option twice or something? Yeah, it's uh, control. I changed it to control twice. I don't know uh, why. Okay. But yeah, anyway. Um, Rebecca writes in. Uh, she sent an article. We'll put it in the show notes so you can read it, and we can see what people think. But she, um, and this definitely, I don't think, comes around to tech, although maybe it does. Maybe if I read the article, I would know. <laughs> so apologies, Rebecca, but other people, will, I'm sure, will read it on my behalf. Um, <laughs> I will read this article. Wow. It says, this article discusses how churches may exclude individuals with disabilities, and I think this is something that should be addressed, says Rebecca. People with disabilities deserve the same access to worship as everyone else, and we should be valued for who we are. Absolutely. So we'll put the article up, and... Um, we can have a, a conversation about that. I've been intrigued to know what people think about that. And I wonder what that, that means, because I know there are, obviously, there, are, there can be many access issues, especially in churches. I know in this country, there can be a lot of issues there, but the, the age of the buildings, if nothing else, can Particularly be a real... wheelchair access, Exactly, right? yeah. But I'll be interested to know what that means around blindness. So, yeah, thank you for sending that in, Rebecca. I will read that. I promise you. We'll come back to that. I, I'm, I'm, yes, my um, feelings on church are... Um, I'm biting my tongue to that. Okay, fine. Sorry. Um, well, look, people know I'm not religious, right? If they don't know that, they know it now. <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm not going to. I'm not going to slaughter people for their decisions in life and what you choose to believe and all the rest. That's entirely up to you. Yes. Um, I'm not going to slaughter you for it. Look, if, if this world right now, frankly, if you have got anything that takes your mind off what is going on in this world for five minutes, good luck to you. Yeah, that's my take on it. Okay, um, I'll give you that. Uh, Michael writes in I'm sure there are many good things on Twitter and Facebook as well as bad things I am also sure it is better for my mental health to avoid them altogether which is what I do wow sorry who was that that was Michael Michael, who, uh, Michael yeah. Allen and a- he's absolutely. absolutely right yeah I couldn't agree more I say that and then I go on Twitter and start you know ranting at myself that's the problem uh, no you see you're right because there are good things on there if you well, that's yeah, it. I mean, it's, I, it's I not like know. it's all full of hate. And, I mean, it's not not full of it. Um, I, I do find, though, I find Twitter, mm-hmm. and maybe it's just the people I follow, but it seems to be that everybody seems to want to tell you about something you should do today to make something better for, you know, them or you tomorrow. That yeah, seems to be all it is now. It's just like, the, well, if you did this, your life would be better, and so would mine. Like, okay. The thing is, don't get dragged into a conversation, Stephen. But these people are having difficult. conversations. Well, They're just... That's Putin good. Stuff they just say smiley face back at them and move on. I'm going to tweet tonight. I'm going to say, I want you to do something for me. Leave me alone. Oof. Smiley face. Well, I left a audio tweet lately. That was, I think that was oh, the I first know. tweet I've done in years. Um, but you can't reply in audio. So, yeah, yeah. I'm back out again. No, sorry, it's not oh, well, for me. There you go. We, 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 we got him in. Elon yeah. said no, and Sean said no. That's two it. people who've... Bowed like- out on Twitter this week. <laughs> I may do another one. I'll see. Jerry writes in, uh, Hi all, I found your show fantastic and very inspirational. Oh. This, this show? Yeah, it must this be show. for someone else, that one. 
This is for Mosin, surely. It's not for me. Um, he says, <laughs> Jerry says, I was told at 35 uh, I would lose my sight very quickly. I didn't actually lose it seriously until I was 60. I allowed it to dominate my life, and in reality, it didn't become an issue until I was in my mid-60s. You and your team have changed me tremendously and charged me full of enthusiasm and understanding of the attitude I need to have. Thank you very much indeed. Wow. Well, I, I don't know what to say, Jerry. I'm quite taken by that. Um, that is a really nice email. And honestly, we, we, we come on and we joke and we we talk and we I think we talk honestly most of the time. And uh, it's so good to get an email like that. Because we're look, we're not inspirational. We're not anything. We're not role models here at all. We are just living through it as well. And Jerry, what you said there, I absolutely can agree with. I let I let it rule my life of I'm going blind for the longest time. When actually I should have been making the most of that vision that I had. But for the longest time, it's just the, waiting for the end result, which didn't come till well until now, really. So uh, yeah, but I totally get what you're saying there. Fantastic. Thank you. Well, hang on. At the end of the email, it says, Robin and Sally are terrific. I'm not so sure about you, lol. All oh, right, fair enough. Oh, well, I'll take it all back. <laughs> Seriously, though, he says, thank you very much for the debate and the stimulation. It is first class. Jerry, thanks so much for that email. I really appreciate that. That that means a lot. It uh, does. All these emails do. Uh, let's go to voicemails. Um, who have we got here? Alan has got in touch on voicemail. Hi, Stephen. This is Alan from Hereford. Uh, just a quick comment regarding you talking about landline phones with a digital voice. I've just got that system from BT, and they say you can use the emergency services, but I've not tried it. But yes, when your internet goes down or your router goes down, you'll lose your phone or if you switch it off the wall. So the mistake I made, I did not speak to them before my order came active. I've spoke to them before that day. They might have changed me back. So I've, the options I've got now is to wait till my contract's up in 12 months or uh, cancel or renew it to see whether they'll do me out the digital voice. So it's a bit annoying that you have to have it plugged into your router, but... It's the only reason I changed the BT because they gave me a better deal. I got it for twenty pounds because it was on benefits on blind and that compared to with E was up to fifty one pounds. So that's the only reason I changed. If I can't get back to having my phone in the normal uh, wall socket, then I might go back to E anyway. So keep up the good work. Uh, really enjoy all your shows. Hopefully, speak to you soon. Bye from Alan. Oh, thanks, Alan. Really appreciate that. That's actually really helpful. And we are going to get more on this on the next episode because we're going to be talking uh, to, uh, you know, you might remember I think last week I put out, maybe it was this week. Honestly, I can't remember. No. But we put out, uh, there's no way of knowing. Um, I put out the bat signal, the yes. blind bat signal to the world out there. And I said, <laughs> um, <laughs> and I was looking for someone in particular. And guess what, Sean Priest? What, Stephen Scott? It worked. No way. You mean the someone was actually was, listening? Someone actually heard this <laughs> and got in touch with the person, <laughs> I guess, um, uh, to get in touch. So, yes, we are going to hear from uh, the man himself that I was talking about uh, on the show. Callum Stoneman is going to join us on tomorrow's show to talk all about BT Digital Voice in a personal capacity. He actually works at BT. Yes, um, but he's well, not talking 
uh, uh, in in his capacity as a BT. He's not talking as a BT. No, no. But he knows about it, basically. But he knows this stuff. Yeah, he knows this stuff. So he's going to... So you're right. You can make an emergency call. It's just, it's the only thing is if your power goes down or you unplug it, like you said, Alan, your telephone line goes down. With uh, a normal landline, it was on a different power circuit. So you never Mm -hmm. basically lost power to your telephone. But in this case, you can. But hey, Callum will tell us more. Absolutely. Can I just uh, say, sorry, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But the prices, like you said, going back to EE, firstly, don't go back just for the landline. I I, I wouldn't, I would just route a longer telephone wire to to your router. But the the prices that these companies charge you, right, it varies so massively, it blows my mind. Uh, When your contract's coming up for a, to, to the end, you ring up and you say, oh, yeah, we'll do it for 18 months for, you know, a tenner a month. But if you don't agree to that right now, it's going to be £80,000 a month. It's crazy. And then I rang back trying to get the, uh, okay, I'll go with that deal. I had to ring around and try other places. So I didn't want to say yes straight away. Oh, no, we can't possibly do it now. Now it's got to be, you know, £30,000 a month. It's an absolute nonsense. They just pick these numbers out of the air and it drives me crazy. Thank you. Okay, got that out of your system? Oh, Virgin Media, come on. I mean, I'm talking to Robin, our good friend Robin, was paying for his TV package for years because they said it'd be more expensive if they took the TV off his original package. TV, he doesn't watch TV, yet he's paying extra. But absolutely crazy. I, Carry on. Finished? Yes. Good. Uh, right, so let's move on because uh, speaking of people who um, are... <sighs> high up in the world of business Ooh. who we have access to and the ears of. Yes. Uh, I want to read this next email to you uh, from from this individual. He says, Hi, Stephen and Sean. I'm a regular listener and I heard the recent episode discussing accessible banking. I thought I'd pitch in as sometimes you'd be surprised how diverse an audience you have. I'm severely slight impaired myself and happen to be the head of accessibility for Barclays Bank. Oh! Hello, Mr. Barclays. Hello, Mr. Barclays. Um, So Paul says, talking in a personal capacity here, I would say that the top three pain points facing visually impaired people when it comes to banking are digital statements and letters being made fully accessible. Often banks offer PDFs that read the content from top to bottom with no acknowledgement of tables, etc., making this difficult for many. Mm -hmm. I'd strongly encourage customers to complain to your bank, whoever you bank with, if this is an ongoing pain point. Trust me when I say we do actively listen and act on your behalf. Or on your feedback, I should say. Um, He says, secondly, getting to grips with mobile banking, another pain point. In the past, banking websites were cluttered, noisy places with mixed levels of accessibility. Generally, mobile banking apps are generally much more accessible and simplified experiences, although this varies massively between many of the banks. For instance, at Barclays, we partner with AbilityNet. We do regular disabled user testing, and we're active in finding and fixing accessibility barriers brought to our attention. We are no, by no means perfect, but we are serious, and we're committed to ensuring that everybody can use our digital banking services. Pain point three, buying stuff in shops or online. Increasing trend of shop tills, having touchscreen point-of-sale terminals, which are a struggle to enter your card or pin into. Good luck if you have to figure out how to add a tip in a restaurant. Oh, that is so annoying. For online payments, new banking regulations require two-factor authentication, 2FA, 
whereby you're sent a text message, a notification from your mobile banking app, or perhaps you have to punch a code into your bank's security token, that little calculator type of thing sometimes they give you. This can create excessive friction when making payments for everyone, but especially customers with access needs. Does your audience agree? Hmm. And likewise, my top three tips for fellow folks with sight loss are, one, check if your bank offers real-time notifications, meaning that as soon as you buy something online or in a shop, you'll get a mobile notification confirming the amount in uh, place. Great peace of mind that you've been charged what you were expecting to be charged. For example, £4 from Costa for that overpriced coffee you just purchased. (laughs) Yes. Two, check out your bank's accessibility webpage to get familiar with what extra support and services they offer. For example, at Barclays, all of our cash machines have talking functionality. We offer high visibility debit cards, alternative format paperwork, or a low-tech note gauge to uh, help distinguish between different sizes of paper money. Three, if you encounter accessibility barriers, do not suffer in silence. Notify your bank or raise a complaint. Many banks are actively listening to, learning from, and acting on the feedback received from customers with disabilities. For instance, if you've got issues and you bank with Barclays, email accessibility at barclays.com. Accessibility at barclays.com. Other banks should have similar feedback mechanisms. If your bank doesn't understand or acknowledge your accessibility challenges, find a bank that does and cares. Hope that helps. Now he goes on. Please tell Robin to stop asking strangers to help him get cash out of ATMs. <laughs> Stephen, let me know if you need a mortgage to fund your excessive tech purchases. <laughs> and Sean, why put uh, why not stick an Apple tag on yourself for next time you're lost in a field or hedge? Ah, good point. Thank you. And Sally, you have to keep sharing your valuable perspectives and giving a sense of diversity and glamour to the podcast panel. <laughs> yes, and, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I mean, and just also he finishes off by saying, Sean or Stephen, I think I met one of you once in the Barclays office in London a few years back, but embarrassingly can't remember which it was. Not me. I keep doing what you're doing as uh, you do your daily podcast. And it always makes me smile and is much needed for me and many others. Paul Smythe from Barclays. Well, wow. Thank you for writing all that, Paul. That is brilliant information. Fantastic. Some great advice there as well. And um, yeah, got to say, I don't have any problems with the Barclays app whatsoever. There you go. Um, I'm not. I think the only reason I didn't go with Barclays because I always, I don't know, it's, it's one of those banks, right? That I always thought was like you know a big proper bank. Do you know what I mean? Like it was like a, I what don't know something saying? about it. Well, you know, some of these banks that are all a bit piddly. But it's this one. It was like it felt like it was a big solid building, versus you know like I don't know Chase. It just feels like something that just lives in the t- clouds. <laughs> what Chase? The bank in the shed. What are you talking yeah, about? I don't know. I don't. It's just something in your head, you know. Uh, okay. I, when I was growing up, I banked with um, Royal Bank of Scotland. Of course, you did. You're Scottish. Been, that is long. That's been around longer than America. Has it? Okay. Yeah. It was, it, it was like I think it was like 40 years later America was founded. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, it's unbelievable. That um, feels proper. Yeah. So you know, but I, but I think part of the reason I didn't actually was because they didn't have a huge amount of branches up in Scotland. I think that was a problem for me. Well, branches everywhere are. Um... Anyway, it's I've, not an issue now. You think about it, because yeah, like you say, there's hardly any branches of any bank. Well, I see the branches I went in my local Barclays, where they replaced a lot of the counters. We had one counter for business, which, by the way, I used all the time. It was they didn't have a problem with me just going up, because they the, the, the tills were had touch touch screen keyboards, so I couldn't even use it anyway without without help. Um, mm. Yes, the the ATMs were all talky. That was fine, but 
Yeah, no, it's, it's it's changed away. It's very rare. I need to go into a branch anyway. Everything's done through the app or Apple Pay where I get an instant repeat, uh, receipt. Anyway, so, um, yeah, I've got to say, I think the banks actually have done a pretty good job in reacting to accessibility. Yeah. I know that may be controversial, but I, honestly, I, I think they do, they, at least they do a good job of... Um, of uh, seeming like they're listening to your feedback. I'm not saying that against you, Paul, but I'm saying yeah, <laughs> other banks, we know there has been issues with some other banks and their apps. But um, I, I think it, in general, I think banking's done a pretty good job. Uh, Peter writes, I've just listened to today's unboxing of the ARX headset. My question is, is this headset good enough that you can pick a book out of your bookshelf, say The Man in the High Castle by P.K. Dick, sit down in your armchair, <laughs> and have, you, uh, have the book read to you as you turn the pages. I've got RP, and this is one of the things I miss most as my macula turned into a never-ending fireworks display. Uh, you know the drill. Thank you for the podcasts. You may not uh, want to have blind pride, but Sean and Stephen and Robin, Sally and Tim, you should all be proud of the service you provide with all these great shows. Uh, that is from Peter in uh, relatively cool Miami, only 87 degrees Fahrenheit. Miami! Wow. Thank you, Peter. Yeah, thanks for that, Peter. Um, yeah, th these are all questions that go into my review. I promise you I will do a full detailed review. Detailed files are being written as oh, we speak on this. I don't believe you. Okay. Uh, well, they're not files, but, you know, yeah. I put it in all, it's all in my head, yeah. which is okay. kind of ironic because it's a device all about your head. So, yeah, I suppose it's a good place <laughs> to put it, isn't it? Would you like um, that, would you like that to, to read aloud in that manner, turn the page and it's read aloud to you in the sense? The thing for me well, is... Well, that's what Orcam does, I think. That's yeah, the thing exactly. with Exactly. And I, for me, I couldn't read a book with that. Any, you know, using the Kindle app, for example, to read a book with the synth TTS in its current state, uh, I, I, I can't listen to it for too long. Emails, absolutely fine. Short articles, fine. A whole book through a TTS, not for me. The voice isn't too bad on some of these. I mean, I, I don't know what it's like on the RX. Yeah, we'll but, there, but it misses the emotions. It misses the, the tone. It misses the context of the paragraph or the line. I think it got my, um, I think it got my sharp VCR manual pretty good. Actually, I thought I was, I was trying to so quickly try to think of well a brand I that mean, did sharp VHS. VCR. <laughs> <laughs> I actually had years ago a sharp Betamax. Was actually no, it wasn't. It wasn't actually. It wasn't. It was a Sanyo. Sanyo Betamax, and it was one of those top loader types. Oh, of course, yeah. I had a Ferguson Video Star remote on a wire. Oh, Beautiful yes. top loader. Oh. Watching See? Eddie Murphy's Raw on it 24 7 and a bootleg copy of ET. Ah, those were the days. You don't know those you're born, you youngins. Days. I know, exactly. In your 4K <laughs> <laughs> stereo sound 5.1. <laughs> Um, Rebecca writes, I loved your review of the ARX Vision headset, but I'm not sure if it would meet my needs. Would this device or the Envision glasses be able to help you navigate indoors in a doctor's office to find the right building? Could you use either one of these devices in conjunction with a GPS app to walk a route and add markers or points of interest along the way? Then could you retrace the route virtually using haptic feedback on the phone? Sendero Maps for the PC offered the ability to look at routes virtually. Um, now, I, I think the answer, the short answer to that with what I've learned about ERX is at the moment, no. Now, Envision, I think, might be closer to it, but I don't know if it's the glasses or the phone you need for that, to be honest. I know where you're going with this because you're thinking that the, the camera would help you, but 
you're still indoors. You're, still, you're thinking about absolute Clue, aren't you? That kind of thing. Maybe Clue would be good for that. Clue was amazing. I, I tested Clue out when I was in Canada in the hotel. And I was every time it blows me away. Um, that's C-L-E-W, Clue. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's quite cool. I don't know. I, I, Rebecca, it seems like that should be exactly what we're heading for. But I think you're talking like two, three, four different apps to do that one thing at the moment. So I, yeah, I don't know. I don't see... It, it, you see, indoors is difficult, right? Because Ira mm. is fantastic. I recently had a doctor's appointment. Fantastic. Going on my own. Got out of the taxi. Turned on Ira. Hey, where's the door? Yeah, go over here. Go over there. As soon as I walk through the door, no internet. Cut out completely. No. So, so you're lost. And then what do what you rely on? AI is no way good enough. Uh, short text maybe to read the signs, but even then it's, it's a lot of guesswork. So indoors is still a, a, a tricky space to navigate. Uh, Rebecca goes on and says, if you're having trouble finding audio-described content, please take a look at and donate to audiovault.net. Shh, can't say, it's a secret. She says, I've just donated to this site and I appreciate the variety of content offered. She says, this site is not trying to violate copyright laws and only the audio-described show or TV show is made available. No one profits from this endeavour. I will still support streaming services such as Paramount Plus since there is audio-described content for new TV shows if you live in the US. I wish we could find more DVDs with audio-described content, but if this isn't possible, then I'll settle for purchasing audio-described content directly from providers where available. Sorry, that lost me. It only provides audio-described movies and TV shows. On Audio Vault? Yeah, that, that... Well, of course it does. Uh, that is, are you sure that line was read correctly, Stephen? I'm not being funny. Let me go back and check. Take another look at that line. I've lost the email now. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course, because Audio Vault does supply the audio descriptive track from um, movies and TVs, but it's not just the AD track. The, uh, the original movie or TV soundtrack is there as well. Um, oh, I see what you're saying, yes. So it, yeah, it yeah. definitely is a copyright issue. Doesn't matter if they're doing it for free or not. It, 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 it is. It is a. It, yeah. It is you're a not copyright a, issue. That's yeah. why I was. Shh. Um, but yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. She says uh, this site is not trying to uh, violate copyright laws, and only the audio described show or TV is made available. That's what she says. Um, uh, I don't understand what that means. Though, but we. But we know that it, it does contain the content from the TV show, and and that's that's a question mark, right? Um, the fact is, no one's ever tried to take it away. It doesn't I mean, I don't know if it's ever been shut down or anyone's tried to shut it down. And, and what would that look like for people if you started shutting that down? Because as I've said before, and I've, it's, it's as simple as this, make your content available to us. We will pay for your service. Yeah. It's not difficult, guys. It and, is, and they the won't do it. It's not, we're, not, we're not asking for something you haven't already done. This is the easiest give in the world to We're people. not big enough market. They could not care less. That's but why I'm Do you know what? In that case, then, let Audio Vault Net live. Yeah. No, they won't. If they you would... don't care, if mm. you don't care about it, then fine. Stuff it. Because this is what gets me about all this. These companies have, and not completely, but we're seeing a lot of AD content available in weird and wonderful places. You know, you find it on, you know, on Sky, for example, in the UK. Yes, on TV, tons of it. On demand, nothing. Still in 2022. Yeah, I know it's coming. Yeah. But a lot of things are coming, including my death. And I'd like to watch a couple of shows on demand before then. Wow, keep it light. If that's okay. possible. <sighs> but that's my point, right? It's, it's this, 
we're kind of this, the, we're just continually left in the background. And it's not good enough. It really is not good enough. And, you know, I saw, I saw the other day there was a, an event happened in London um, where Netflix had a, a, show, a screening of a, a new show they've got. I think it's called The Grey Man or something. And it was a London premiere. And a number of blind people uh, went along to it. I was invited along very kindly by RNIB. I was invited to go along. Um, I couldn't get down to London. And thank, I actually, I'm, I'm actually glad I didn't because it was the hottest day of the year. Um, and I think most of London was on fire by that point, <laughs> oh, and I just didn't really fancy being there and amongst all that. So yeah, I kind of missed that one. Um, but no, I mean, I just, I, I, I was like, okay, great. I mean, it's good we're, we're talking about it. But really, I think I, I, I we're so early in this discussion with people. I mean, I'd love to spend time. I, if I, if I had all the money in the world and I had all the time in the world, I would spend my life sitting down with every actor I could find and telling them about audio description and making them force directors to start thinking of audio description. Yes. Maybe, maybe even as part of the script, maybe it's even built in as part of the, the whole thing, or at least that the directors, so that those people, those people who are actually creating the movie say, I want everybody to enjoy this content. Because if, if Spielberg started talking about it, people might listen. Yeah, absolutely. But that's, you know, we can shout about it. I can shout about it day and night. But it's not going to change anything. I'm so, and I'm sorry that sounds defeatist, but it, it's proven itself over and over again. Now, don't get me wrong. I will say this. And this is the frustration, I think, especially for me, I find this, that although I'm saying it's not a great place we're in, you know, I, I look at what Sky's done. They've got tons of content. Just make it available to us on demand. You, I, I am literally asking you for the very thing you've done. <laughs> I mean, you've done yes. it. You've yes. done all the work. I am asking you for nothing more than what you've already done. I'm not saying you need to go and describe more. I'm not saying, hey, there needs to be more description here. I'm saying you've done some great work. Can I access it, please? And I remember the time I called up Channel 4 when my wife was watching Outlander and she wanted to watch season two. We couldn't get it. And I spotted one day just by chance, it was on More 4. And I, oh, there it is. And it's got AD. Brilliant. And I started to tape, and it was, on from, it was on season, or episode six or something at that point on that season. I called up Channel 4. And at the time, because of the work I was doing, I had press contacts at Channel 4. And I contacted them and I said, guys, can, can you tell me how I can access this? Tell me the place that this exists. And I said, look, honestly, there's nothing. I said, can I buy the files from you? Can yeah. I just buy the I, do you know what? Just give me the audio track of the voice. I will staple it together at home on Final Cut. I'll buy the audio. I'll buy the film from iTunes and I'll staple the track. No, I couldn't get that either. I'm like, I will literally do it myself. Audio yeah. description, you know, make, make your own at home kit. <laughs> I'll just give you Final Cut Pro, the film on DVD, a copy of Handbrake so you can rip it in and, you know, then just slap on the audio description track. Why is that, you know, it's like, it's already there. You've done it. Just give me the damn thing. Yes. Oh, yes. We've, we've had this discussion many times. You're absolutely right. I can't argue against anything. And I still can't get access to that program, by the way. No. No you way should look can on, I get uh, audiovault.net. It's not, it's not there. Ah, damn. Okay. It's just not there. It's just ridiculous. Right. Anyway, 
Tomorrow we're talking about DBT Digital Voice. I feel like we're shouting a lot these days. Do you feel we're getting angry a lot these days? This is an age thing. I'm an old man. I am 49 years old now, so um, yes. We started this off talking about how wonderful the past was, and now we're complaining about the present. Yes. Yeah, that, I think we are officially old. I think that's exactly how it works. Uh, we are back tomorrow, and uh, we've got an interesting episode coming up on Saturday for you, a bit uh, different for you this coming weekend, so we'll tell you more about that in the coming days. But uh, thank you, Sean, as always. Thank you. If you want to get involved, you can email hello at blindguytalkstech.com. Hello. Or give us a call on the number, which is 0204 571 <laughs> 3354. I didn't forget it. You did. 0204 571 If you want even more Blind Guy in your life, visit blindguytalkstech.com for previous episodes. Find us on your podcast apps or ask Lady A or Lady G to play Blind Guy Talks Tech Podcast on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening. Catch you tomorrow.